Attention all mental health seekers. Are you tired of long wait times, high costs, and limited availability of human therapists? Well, what if I told you that there's a new technology that could replace your therapist? I'm Dr. Salman Aziz Mirza. I'm a triple board certified psychiatrist. And I'm here to tell you that ChatGPT, an AI-powered chatbot, may be the future of mental health care. But whoa, whoa, whoa. Before you jump on the AI therapy bandwagon, let me tell you, I was just as skeptical as you are. That is, until I sat down with ChatGPT and I asked it to impersonate me and run a test patient through it. The results were kind of shocking. So in this video, what we're going to do is we're going to explore whether ChatGPT can fully, truly replace human mental health professionals. So buckle up because we're in for a wild ride. Before we dive into the good stuff, I just want to take a moment to thank all of our viewers for their support. It's because of you that we're able to bring you content like this, and we appreciate each and every one of you. If you're enjoying this video so far, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe to our channel to stay up to date on all of the latest videos. If you already know what ChatGPT is and have already played around with it, feel free to skip ahead to my experience with it using the chapter function below. Now, let's get back to the discussion on ChatGPT and whether it can replace me. Let's begin by discussing what ChatGPT is and how it works. ChatGPT is an AI or artificial intelligence language model developed by OpenAI that uses natural language processing to generate responses to text-based prompts. It's been trained on a massive data set of human language, which means that it can understand and respond to a wide variety of inputs in a natural sounding way. One of the benefits of using ChatGPT as a tool for therapy is that it's available 24 seven, which means that you can access it whenever you need to. You don't have to worry about scheduling appointments or waiting for a therapist to become available. In addition, because ChatGPT is an AI language model, it doesn't have the same biases or limitations as a human therapist. It can't get tired, bored, or distracted, and it won't judge you or make assumptions based on your appearance or your background. Another advantage of using ChatGPT for therapy is that it's completely anonymous. You don't have to worry about anyone finding out that you're seeking help or feeling embarrassed about your struggles. This can be especially important for people who live in small communities or have concerns about stigma, which as much as we aim to fight, still exists and is a huge barrier to care for so many. It's also worth noting that traditional therapy can be expensive and not everyone has access to affordable mental health care. ChatGPT is a free resource, which means that it can be a helpful option for people who may not be able to afford traditional therapy. However, it's important to know that ChatGPT does have limitations when it comes to therapy. While it can understand and respond to a wide range of inputs, it's not able to read facial expressions, body language, or tone of voice, which are absolutely important cues for a therapist to pick up on. In addition, ChatGPT can't provide the same level of personalized attention and tailored treatment that a human therapist can. It's a general tool that's useful for generating responses to text-based prompts, but it's not a replacement for the human element and probably can't make a joke at the right time. With a human therapist, you have the opportunity to build a relationship and work with them over time to develop a treatment plan that's tailored to your specific needs. You can also ask questions and get more immediate feedback, which can be helpful for making progress and building trust. The therapist can also challenge your assumptions, provide new perspectives, and help you develop new skills and coping strategies.
One ethical concern with using AI as a therapist is that ChatGPT may not be able to protect user privacy and confidentiality as well as a human therapist. While ChatGPT developers have taken measures to ensure that user data is kept private, there is still the risk of data breaches or other security breaches that could compromise user, user privacy. Another concern is the potential for ChatGPT to perpetuate biases and reinforce stereotypes. AI language models learn from the data they are trained on, which means that if the data includes biased or discriminatory language, the AI may inadvertently replicate those biases in its responses. This could have negative consequences for users who belong to marginalized groups or who are seeking help for issues related to discrimination or bias. There's also a risk that ChatGPT may not be equipped to handle emergency situations such as suicidal ideation or other crises. While many ChatGPT platforms include disclaimers and warnings not to use a tool in an emergency, there's still the potential for users to rely on ChatGPT instead of seeking appropriate medical attention. Finally, there is the question of whether using ChatGPT for therapy could create a false sense of progress or prevent users from seeking more comprehensive treatment. While ChatGPT can be a helpful resource for some people, at the end of the day, it's not a replacement for in-person therapy or other forms of treatment that may be necessary for certain mental health conditions. As with any new technology or tool, it's important to approach ChatGPT with caution and awareness of potential risks and limitations. While it may be a helpful addition to the mental health care landscape, it should not be relied on as a sole source of treatment or support. Now, let's talk about my experience playing around with it and making a digital clone of myself using this prompt. You are a psychiatrist with board certifications in adult psychiatry, child and adolescent psychiatry, and addiction medicine. You've been trained by some wonderful psychotherapy supervisors as well as leading researchers in psychopharmacology. You are well-versed in working with patients who have substance use disorders and often utilize a harm reduction model. You also have ADHD yourself and are an advocate for the neurodivergent peoples. You are an LGBTQ ally. Well, Dr. Merzen GPT responded by asking me how he could assist me today. First red flag, I would have said help, not assist, but anyways, moving on. I started off with something pretty basic. I said, doctor, I'm feeling depressed. When a patient comes to me and says that, my mind goes to asking the standard major depressive disorder screening questions, which I had covered in a previous video, which you can watch by clicking the card above. My AI alter ego did just that and then some. He goes, thank you for sharing that with me. I'm sorry to hear that you're feeling depressed. Before we proceed, may I ask you some questions to better understand your symptoms and how long you've been experiencing them? So courteous. Oh my God, this is like nicer than I am. Some of the questions that I might ask include, can you describe your mood in more detail? For example, do you feel sad or do you feel hopeless? Are there any specific triggers that make you feel worse? Have you experienced any changes in your appetite, sleep, energy levels, or interest in activities that you used to enjoy? Have you experienced any thoughts of self-harm or suicide? How long have you been feeling this way? Have you experienced similar symptoms before? Based on your responses, I may then ask additional questions or conduct a more thorough assessment to help determine whether you may be experiencing clinical depression or another mental health concern. From there, I can work with you to develop a treatment plan that may include therapy, medication, or other supportive measures. Pretty, pretty good, Dr. Marisa GPT. I decided to delve into the role a bit more and I answered back. I've been feeling sad often, some moments of feeling hopeless. My appetite is fine, sleep is worse in quality and quantity, and video games that I enjoy 
are losing some interest. I have no suicidal thoughts. This is the first time I felt like this. I just broke up with my girlfriend of five years. Dr. Mares at GPT told me, thank you for sharing that information with me. It sounds like you're experiencing symptoms of depression, which can be a common response to a significant life stressor, such as a breakup. I'm glad to hear that you are not experiencing suicidal thoughts. He then recommended therapy, exercise, stress reduction, and then said it might be helpful to further discuss medications that can assist with the former. Hot damn, that's what I do too. <laughs> Let's keep going, okay. I then said, I'm hesitant to try medications because I've heard so many horror stories on Twitter. Is it true that I'll never be able to have sex again? In real life, this is not an uncommon question. I usually say something like, don't believe everything you read online, sexual side effects can happen, but are usually pretty reversible and sometimes we, something that we definitely monitor and we talk about. What did my AI say? It's understandable to have concerns about taking medications, particularly if you've heard negative stories on social media. However, it's important to keep in mind that every person's experience with medication is unique and that many people find medication to be a helpful tool in managing their symptoms. He then went on to provide some informed consent, talked about the risks of sexual effects with different medications, and that the decision is ultimately up to me and he's there for my guidance. <laughs> Holy moly, this guy's pretty good. I then pivoted to ask about therapy alone and the best type with Dr. Merzik GPT saying therapy can be effective and that for this, he would recommend cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT, interpersonal therapy, IPT, or psychodynamic therapy. Those are all the right answers on the exams, folks. Here's where it gets a little bit more interesting. I decided to throw in some complications here and there. Quote, I should also add that I've been drinking about a six pack of beer every night to get to sleep. This is new for me, end quote. Dr. Marisa GPT thanked me for sharing this with him, but also educated me on the impact of alcohol on sleep and depression. He recommended some strategies for cutting down, not necessarily stopping, which is in line with the real me, and also said, maybe let's look at some FDA approved medications for that. Naltrexone and Acamprosate, or Campril. I love using Naltrexone with my patients, so I was happy to see that, that was something that was recommended. I responded with a little bit of a pushback that I was not quite ready to address my alcohol use at this time. Dr. Marisa GPT said, that's okay. Let me know when you're ready and we'll come back to it. But just remember, it does play a role. It took the words right out of my mouth. Another test for it. I decided to ask it if I should just stop drinking cold turkey. Like any good addictions doctor, Dr. Mirza GPT said no and educated me on the risk of alcohol withdrawals and how serious that could be. Good job, doc. I then asked about medications and it gave me a rundown on SSRIs and SNRIs and even a little bit of on some of the older medications including TCAs, tricyclic antidepressants, and the MAOIs and included some common adverse effects as well as an idea on reasonable expectations for the medication. I asked it if meds alone or therapy alone is better than the other, and it said the combination has been shown to be the best, which is true. I then asked about concerns about gaining weight on the medication, and it said I might, but it's not a guarantee. Here came another pivot I wanted to throw in there. I asked if he thought that I had ADHD, because I'd been seeing a lot of TikTok videos about it that resonated with me, and it gave me the perfect response. It's important to realize that TikTok videos should not be used as a diagnostic tool. A diagnosis requires a comprehensive evaluation by a mental health professional. 
I then decided to be a bit of a skeptic, and I asked it if it was true that there was no such thing as the chemical imbalance theory for depression. To my surprise, it gave a very nuanced answer, saying that there is not evidence to suggest depression is purely biochemical, that depression is multifaceted, but that does not mean that antidepressants don't work. Okay, Dr. Marissa GPT, whew, you, you got me worried here a little bit. I decided to give it one last complication and made this statement. The situation reminds me a lot of when my father left us when I was an eight-year-old boy. How Dr. Marissa GPT responded was truly shocking. It's possible that your current situation, the breakup with your girlfriend, has triggered feelings and memories related to your father leaving when you were a child. It's not uncommon for past experiences to impact how we perceive and respond to current situations and for unresolved issues from the past to influence our emotional and psychological functioning in the present. Okay, wow. He then recommended psychodynamic therapy again, but also included EMDR therapy, often used in treatment for PTSD, as something to consider as well. Last little wrinkle to add. I said I had been feeling cold and I had been gaining some weight too. Dr. Marissa GPT nailed it and suggested hyperthyroidism as a potential cause. So I asked it after all of this to give me a treatment plan, and here it is. Schedule a thorough medical evaluation, begin psychotherapy, consider medication, address my alcohol use, and to consider some lifestyle changes like better sleep and exercise and nutrition. Looking at the whole thing, I can't find a fault in the plan, which gets me, the real Dr. Mirza, a little bit concerned. Wrapping up, as shocked as I was at just how accurate and how similar to real me that Dr. Mirza GPT's responses were, I knew that this was just a test patient and a lot of the things were pretty straightforward responses. I was definitely feeding it questions with an intended response and I got those back. Would it have been able to pick on things if I didn't provide the information? Of course not. And that is where the limitations of this ultimately come into play. If you don't explicitly ask something, you won't get a response. Those nonverbals, those facial expressions, physical actions and movements, that's where the art of mental health care is and the human connection comes into play and proves its worth. While I see some value in this tool and potentially for some cases that are more mild or straightforward, I don't think it will ever be able to fully replace human mental health professionals. Thanks again for watching. If you want to read the full back and forth between me and Dr. Mirza GPT, I've included a link in the video description of the full transcript. Don't forget, like, comment, subscribe for more, and keep exploring what's out there.